Uh, what's our confidence in when we talk about God? Uh, what's the reason that we hold to joy in Christ Jesus? Uh, especially when we're in the midst of difficulty or uncertainty or the challenges of life. And of course, the, the main reason for our confidence is the who rather than the what. Uh, the God who loves us, whose heart is for humanity. The God who made the way for us through Jesus to be redeemed and to be reconciled with God. And that's the reason for our joy. And as we look at the gospel, we can see that there are different aspects to the gospel. And uh, those aspects impact us at different stages of our life or in different situations. And as we share our story with people around us, then the gospel itself uh, impacts people's situations in different ways as well. So one of the purposes of this series is to engage with all of these different aspects so that, yes, we can be renewed and transformed ourselves, but also as we share our lives with those around us, uh, we can listen to their stories and think, okay, which aspect of the good news that I know to be true from the Bible and true in my own life, which aspect is the part to bring to the person that I'm talking to as I listen to their story. Today, the aspect that we're sharing and that I'm unpacking this morning is Christ the victorious King and specifically Christ's victory over death itself. Now, as we've come to Remembrance Sunday, there's been a build-up through the week, hasn't there? Well, actually through the month, but particularly through this week, uh, to mark the hundred years of the ending of the war that was described as the war to end all wars. And in the midst of lots of coverage, I came across uh, this news clip, um, which uh, was broadcast last Sunday evening at 10 o'clock, and I was uh, sitting uh, watching this, and it really struck me, and I wanted to uh, share this new segment with you now. So uh, if we're all set at the back, we'll uh, play this segment. Thank you. It's remarkable, isn't it? Uh, not simply about that one person whose life was saved and then he went on to be a missionary to be able to share that with other people. That is an extraordinary testimony in its own right. But also the reality that soldiers as they were dying were holding the Bible, reading the Bible. They were crying out to God in that moment. And it is often at the most difficult times of our lives that we cry out to God. I want to encourage you as you think of the people that you're sharing God's goodness with, the way that you've shared God's goodness with me during a time of difficulty is exactly the way that you share God's goodness 
with people that you know who don't yet know Jesus. But it's exactly the same, that reaching out uh, with generosity and love and offers of prayers and meals and provision. That's the, the practical side that we can give to those around us as we share stories, as we listen to people as they go through times of difficulty. What struck me as I watched that news clip was that here in the midst of death, indeed right at the moment when people are mortally wounded, there's faith. And the quote the reporter ends the segment with is from John 15, verse 13. And it's among the last recorded words of Jesus to his disciples before he himself was about to die. He was highlighting, he was flagging up to his disciples his death, his sacrificial death. So what did Jesus' death achieve? And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, what's our response to death? What's our posture in the face of death? Well, with all that in mind, I'm going to read the passage for uh, today. Uh, Colossians 2, uh, chapter, uh, chapter, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. So do grab a Bible or look it up on your electronic devices. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. This passage is one of many in the New Testament where it is clear that Christ is victorious and he has conquered death itself. That is the hope, that is the reality that we have as Christians today. We can move from death to eternal life. That's what Jesus has won. So reading from verse 6 of chapter 2. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. 
the image used at the end of this passage is that of a triumphal march. The way that uh, Romans celebrated victory was to bring all their captives in a triumphal procession into their city. There is an extraordinary reversal here. The Roman authorities would have thought they had defeated Christ. I mean, hanging them on a cross, that cruelest form of punishment and death, and mocking him with a sign saying, this is the king of the Jews. Yet, the cross of Christ, Paul states, is the, de is the declaration of victory over the powers and authorities that set themselves up against Christ. It is, in fact, through his sacrificial death and victorious re resurrection, it is Jesus who is triumphant. Jesus makes a public spectacle of them, the powers and authorities. He disarms them through the cross. Tom Wright says, Paul never gets tired of relishing this glorious paradox of the cross. God's weakness overcoming human strength. God's folly overcoming human wisdom. So not only is the cross the place of forgiveness for our sins and the cancellation of the charge of legal indebtedness, it's also the place of victory in the cosmic warfare that Jesus brought against the enemy. His enemy and our enemy, the devil. When Jesus announced the kingdom of God here on earth, he initiated, he inaugurated, he started the reign of Christ, the victorious king. And his life on earth showed what the reign of God looked like as he, as he confronted the destructive powers on earth. So he refused at the temptation that the devil gave him in the desert. He resisted and refused to go with those temptations. He refuted the devil with words of scripture. And then he went about earth overcoming evil with good. He set the oppressed free. He healed the sick. He cast out de demons. He broke religious taboos by consorting with tax collectors, prostitutes, and other sinners. He healed people. And he fed people. And he did those throughout the week, but he also did that on the Sabbath, again, breaking some religious no-nos of the time. He crossed cultural boundaries, consorting with Samaritans and Gentiles. He stood out at that time by treating women with dignity and respect. <laughs> he washed his followers' feet. Showing so, so in that, efficient. if we can imagine the Trinity <laughs> dancing He's like that, three rather than two, sometimes separate, always together, that, that, that grace, that, that oneness. It makes us think of joy, really, doesn't it, seeing, earth, a, seeing a dance saying, like that. Repent if we, if we can God get the icon back up again. 
he put all of that into action. We, we can, if we return to this icon, we, we can see in their communion the space left the for the viewer he who's invited to join the, the circle. This is a community that invites humanity to join in. Through his life. And in our passage today, it's actually quite hard to disentangle the communion of Jesus death. and the Father from the life of Jesus' followers. And that's why, actually, I had to use examples from earlier in the Gospel captive. for the interrelationship of Jesus and the Father. But May they all be one, asks Jesus. One, because we're united with God in Christ. As you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. I and them, and you and me, that they may Jesus become completely one. In our so in that kind of intermingling, so that, that interpenetration death, of father and son, we too, we can hardly be teased out or extracted from that interlocking unity. And, free those who all and this is the reality of our life in Christ, though perhaps we don't muse on it as often death. as we might. We're filled with the spirit of God and of Jesus. Christ, we are the body of Christ, who is in the Father as the Father is in him. This aspect, We're invited this to join that dance of the Trinity. Is described by Jane Williams and this means that even though we may at times feel lonely, on the we all do. Of Jesus in fact, we are never alone. The hour is coming when you will be scattered and you will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Of, the army of, liberation. Now, of course, the people of God have been able to His say that for thousands of years. You think of Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. But how much more now true for us, filled with the Holy Spirit and part of the body of Christ? The decisive and what else does that mean won. for us? It means that the relationship and changes us. Just the Sanctify them in the truth, says the Jesus. Of the to use end. the language of Paul, we gradually become in reality what we are theologically. Jesus become what you are, says Paul. Victorious. Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Jesus has conquered it doesn't happen overnight. Itself. I was baptised as an adult over 30 years ago, and I'm still appalled by the way I can sometimes behave like a complete plonker. But, I, but I'm better than I was. You find that hard to believe. <laughs> better than I was. I find it consoling. Paul Even says Paul says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. In which you were Perhaps some of us need to do less navel-gazing over our own sins and shortcomings and more dead. just pressing on when you were because we're called to experience the, the joy of the Lord. Of your flesh, God From this passage, I speak these things so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. So I just said Christ is victorious. My joy made complete. He has conquered death. Of course, we can't be full of joy all the time, this side of eternity. We'd just be grinning idiots, wouldn't we? But if we could allow some space for joy when to we bubble up in us, in our sins, when we, were we could think whether we're allowing our life to become too full of I shoulds rather than I coulds. Baptism, by believing in Christ. God has made us Above all, how does this change us? Jesus prays that the love Jesus with which you, the Father, have loved life. me as may Christians, be in them and Jesus, I in go them. Through the love with which you, the life. Father, have loved me may, may it be in them and I we in do them. Not need to be held and we started off by, by thinking about the loneliness that people can experience in a city like Cambridge, full of people, by death. but full of people perhaps moving on. 
And God invites us all we to become part of community, alive to join Christ. the dance, to share in the Trinity's Knowing joy, to experience the Trinity's love, we to know to and love one another in the body of Christ. And with all that but not great to stop there. Of witnesses, Once we've joined the circle, we are, I suggest, asked to open it, to invite others in to that community so that they too can share the joy of the dance. Now, the dance we saw earlier, obviously, was just two people. It was great, great to see. There are other forms of dance that have more of a sense of community, of drawing people in. And, and we're about to see another clip of a flash mob dance. I should warn you, though, just two or three seconds of a song that perhaps we might not choose to, to have in church. But I thought it was worth having for, for the sake of the overall. So if we can see the next clip, that would be great. <laughs> if church was like that, who, who wouldn't want to join in? <laughs> Just as you've received but Jesus, did you notice you there, I mean, obviously the, the people lined up to join in, but even those who looked to me as though they weren't part of the original mob, were, they wanted to be part of it. It was infectious, that, that, that joy. So I wonder whether we could take time this week to, to meditate on John 17, to meditate on the Trinity even, and the community of the Trinity. In to bring form. to mind our and part in, in the Christ divine community, to think of to those peace. we might know who are hovering on the edge of the dance, to stretch out our hands to draw Paul's them in. Saying, this is what Christ is. This is who Christ is. In Jesus' is. name, let's and pray. And in Christ, we also get to participate in our Lord thoughts. God, in our past, how someone stretched out, out their hand and drew us into your divine dance. Well. You have I pray, Father, that we may be the channel to, the sick, to draw others in to the joy to and the love of your community. To cross in the name of Father, boundaries. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As Paul says to the church in Rome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As we walk as alive in Christ on this earth today, we receive the authority and power to do those things. It could be as simple as in the workplace, speaking up for somebody when you see that they've just had something said against them. Or it may be that the work that you have is one that is engaged with healing the sick or speaking out against injustice or setting the oppressed free. That may be what is in your hands as you go through each day. As followers of Jesus, you have the power and authority, the authority and the power to see people set free. You're bringing his life You're part of the battle and you're on the winning side. You're on the side that has already won because Jesus has done that once and for all. And we're in this stage of mopping up the last enclaves of the enemy. There are many aspects that I can see 
that we're all involved in, in seeing this kingdom come. I uh, just wanted to highlight one today. Um, in, uh, on the 24th of November, there's going to be an event here on Saturday, late afternoon, early evening, called Buy One, Set One Free. And it's going to be a, it's a pop-up shop, and it's uh, showcasing beautiful handmade gifts and homewares with all the profits going to social enterprises that help change lives. Now, it caught my attention because of the name, Buy One, Set One Free. Because in our culture, there is something called Buy One, Get One Free. And I have to say, partly because of my Scottish background, that is part of our current culture that unfortunately traps me quite effectively. Buy one, get one free. Ooh, I must have one of those, even if I don't need it. That little title, buy one, set one free, is counter that culture, isn't it? It's quite subversive in its own way. And all the profits will go to social enterprises to help people. What are the ways that you know at the moment you're being countercultural? Let's take a moment to ponder on that before I bring our final response to this word. So as followers of Jesus, as we seek to overcome evil with good, what one thing can you do in the week coming to do that? For example, speaking up on someone's behalf. Let's take that response into this week. What one action of Jesus that I've highlighted today can we bring into the week ahead of us? As we listen to other people, as we share stories with other people, is there an aspect where we can bring in God's power and authority? As we hold out the hope and the reality that death is not the end. I think the place that we need to start in our response is to receive the reality that Christ the King is victorious, that death is not final, that he has broken the power of death and he sets us free from any fear to do with that. So would you like to stand? I'm going to invite Matt and the band up as we sing our first response song together.
But as, as we do that, I want to pray for us all now that the Holy Spirit will come and bring that reality of the victory of Christ, that transition from dead to alive, that we were dead in our sins, but we are now alive in Christ.